These are pictures that I found that people have taken of their babies, presented something like those Pinterest before and after pictures of things that people have tried to make or bake or craft based on something that they saw on Pinterest, but that didn't turn out quite as planned. You've seen these, right? Something like this one, for instance. <laughs> Where the reality of it all didn't quite live up to those high expectations of a very well-intentioned wannabe chef. Anyway, someone did the same kind of thing with baby pictures. They put together a compilation of photos, I mean, from parents who tried to recreate some professional fancy pictures of kids but didn't turn out quite like they had hoped. The reality, I mean, didn't look like what they expected. Someone tried this and ended up with that. <laughs> Someone else tried this and got This last one's my favorite, because this is my kid. Oh, these other people weren't so lucky. <laughs> you have to leave it up long enough so all the kids can see all the things. Of course, it was the baby factor that made me think about Christmas when I saw these the first time around. But the more I thought about the difference between the expectation and the reality that the coming of Jesus is supposed to mean for us, the more relevant and the more meaningful these pictures seem to be for where we find ourselves tonight, at least with regard to the coming of this Savior that we've gathered to sing about and to celebrate and to hold so much hope now, I don't want to rain on this Christmas parade, but I do think that when we neglect to forget or when we forget too much about the hard and holy reality of Jesus coming among us, when we cling too tightly to all the warm and fuzzy expectations that the world has convinced us this should all be about, we miss something about the depth and the meaning and the greater purpose of Christmas in the end. In other words, it's worth acknowledging that the reality of what shows up in Jesus might look quite different from what we've been trained and tricked to expect a lot of the time. I mean, we've created a fairy tale out of Jesus' birthday that probably wasn't all it was cracked up to be, truth be told. We sing away in a manger and we pretend that the cattle are lowing but that little baby Jesus made not a peep. And I don't buy that, because I've seen the pictures and I've had two of them. That notion of a peaceful, peepless baby Jesus comes from a song, not from Scripture. And we pretend the first Christmas wasn't a logistical nightmare without a safe place for Mary to rest and to sleep and to give birth so that she had to make it all happen in a food trough for animals. It's hard to imagine that God couldn't do better by Mary and Joseph lined up a bed or a midwife or made a reservation after all they'd signed up for, right? And poor, 
terrified, traumatized Mary. Our nativity sets and our Christmas cards turn her into a grown woman a lot of the time, who was merely inconvenienced by all of this. Rather, than acknowledging the young peasant girl that she was, whose body was likely broken in all the ways by all she endured to meet this moment. I don't know and can't imagine what Mary and Joseph were expecting when they got the news and when they started planning for this baby, for this Jesus who was going to save his people from their sins. But the reality of it all surely wasn't something you'd include in the brochure or post on social media or take pictures of for your annual Christmas greeting. And all of that was just par for the course where Jesus was concerned and a foretaste of the feast to come, as we say, because the expectations of those who were waiting for a Messiah were nothing like what showed up for them in Jesus. They longed for a powerful king and they got a powerless, helpless baby. They hoped for a weapon-wielding warrior, and they got a pacifist's prince of peace. They were looking for fine robes, and they got a bundle of swaddling rags. They expected riches, and they got poverty. They thought he'd come for a single nation, and he showed up for the sake of the whole wide world. They were convinced his judgment would look like fear, not forgiveness, like might, not mercy, like hubris, not humility. So I'm here to suggest that our invitation tonight, our hope this Christmas might just be found not in lowering our expectations, but in changing them altogether. Like how much your life or how might our world be transformed if we expected to find God in all the broken places for a change? In the hospital room, at the nursing home, in the funeral parlor. Maybe we wouldn't despair so easily then or give up hope so quickly then or lose faith so fast. How might your life and how might our world be transformed if we expected to find God in the poor places from whence he showed up in the first place? I think less would become more for us all. Our generosity would come more naturally. We would find better, different, more faithful ways to feed the hungry and clothe the naked and house the homeless and all the rest. How might things change if we listened to the other more often? The outsider, I mean, like Mary. And what if we expected to hear there, in those kinds of voices, about God's hopes and dreams and deepest desires? If Mary was right, then the lowly would be lifted up. The mighty would be cast down. Humility and grace and justice would rule the day and we might be more inclined to help those things come to pass. And all this is good news for you and me, even if it's hard to hear this change in perspective, I mean, when it comes to what God is up to at Christmas. 
because it means that when our own reality doesn't measure up to our best intentions, when our own experiences don't live up to our greatest expectations, when things don't go the way we hoped and planned for and dreamed of at every turn, we're called to trust and to see that that is precisely where and when and how and why God showed up at all. To restore relationships. To bring peace where there's only been chaos. To find things that seem lost and gone forever. To surprise us with love, to shower us with grace, to empower us with purpose. To shine light into the shadows, to turn sin into forgiveness, to bring life from death even. So this Christmas, and in the days to come, let's stop looking for God only in what seems picture-perfect or pretty or prosperous or powerful and then be disappointed when we don't find what we expect there. That was never God's promise. Instead, let's look for God where God has always been, in the lost and with the lonely and in the broken places too of our lives and in this world, and let's remember that that is where God does God's best work. It's into those places that Jesus comes. It's those imperfect people, like all of us, for whom God's light shines. It's in those hard, holy moments of our hard, holy, harried lives where faith and hope and love abide in spite of ourselves, but always by God's grace, made known in the flesh through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Merry Christmas.